With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We've broken into the Disney vault, and we're looking for Uncle Walt's most prized possessions. Welcome back to the great pop culture debates discussion of the best Disney animated feature. I'm your host, Eric Resniak, and I'm again joined by panelists Amy Pilot, Kate Reculia, and Michael Schwartz. If you skipped part one of the debate, what are you doing? That's like watching Toy Story 4 before seeing the first three. It doesn't even make sense. If you've been with us the whole time, Hakuna Matata. And let's dive right back in as we take on round two when the Sweet 16 gets whittled down to the Elite Eight. First up, we have Toy Story versus Up, a Pixar battle. Kate, tell me why you think Toy Story should advance here. Toy Story is a like a watershed moment in animation, period, right? It was – you can make kind of a direct comparison between Snow White in terms of like, oh, I guess people will sit for a feature-length animated, hand-drawn animated film, and they will love it, and they will get engaged, and it, like this is a whole new art form. And this was the same thing for computer animation. And it's just a wonderful for that for the first kind of movie like that's like of that new kind of that new art form. It's so charming. It's so funny. It's so smart. It's not a love story. It's a story about community. It's a story about being necessary to other people and negotiating your place in the world. Um, it's deeply funny. It's deeply human. Um, and it has an incredible cast of people who are in it. It's just a wonderful, wonderful story. And the whole scene where like Sid's toys rebel against him is one of my favorite scenes in film. <laughs> like It's just so good. It's so so good. Toy Story. Toy Story. Michael, why should Up Advance? Up Advance, because it's. Uh, I'm going to use a number of the same arguments here, is that it is a story about all of us. It is about finding your place. And, you know, here we have elderly Carl, who has, who has had his entire world change around him, the loss of his wife, and then the buildup of the house. And then he, he's like, I just need to escape. And, you know, there, there's a character that we can all see. We've all been Carl. We've all been Russell. We've all been Doug the dog. Hell, we've all been we've all been Alpha at one point or another. We're the funny voice. But in the end, I think that I know I'm going to lose here because Toy Story is such a sentimental one for everything. But I think Up is an un- overlooked member of the Pixar family that um, people are just like, it was cute, but they really don't see the true meaning behind it. Okay. Uh, Amy, uh, where do you come up on this one? I mean, I'm all in on Toy Story on this. Up is a beautiful film. I love it. Um, The bird is like really (laughs) one of the best characters ever. But Toy Story takes you into a, it's a whole new world for Pixar and a whole new world for animation and for storytelling. Um, And it just, I don't know. I'm all in on Toy Story on this one. The claw. You can't move me. Aladdin is sending you a cease and desist because that is their jam. So please leave the whole new world. (laughs) But um, I'm also going to swing for Toy Story here because in, um, in my opinion, as Kate pointed out, it is a watershed moment for Disney uh, slash Pixar and it completely changed the game, right? Like uh, look at, 
the animated movies that are coming out now and how many of them are digital versus hand-drawn. I can't even remember the last hand-drawn. So I think in terms of the importance, I go with Toy Story. Ups, great, don't get me wrong, but I'm going with Toy Story. So that means Toy Story advances to Elite Eight. Mm-hmm. We have Tangled versus Fantasia. Amy, why should Tangled advance? Because I've got a dream that Tangled goes far in this competition. <laughs> Here's the thing. The Ugly Duckling, Flynn Rider. This, this movie just took a somewhat terrifying uh, grim fairy tale of a young girl being kidnapped and left in a tower and made it fun, relatable. Like, it's beautiful. This was animated differently. It was expensive. They really dove into this film. And the music is fantastic. Mandy Moore carries the, you know, the, the songs and... Living through coronavirus right now, if there's any movie that could you could relate to, it is this one. So, Amen. I literally made a joke. I was like, I'm growing my beard out specifically to Rapunzel myself out of this goddamn apartment. <laughs> I mean, but- seriously, you don't know what kind of magical powers you've gotten there until you need to use them. It's true. And I mean, and I'm on the first floor, so I don't even have to grow it that long. But Kate, Fantasia, talk to me. I mean, you already have, but what else have you got? So I was trying to think of like what else to say about Fantasia that I haven't said. And I didn't really get into the specifics, but like when you're talking about the sheer variety of music and and the project of Fantasia, right? To put animated images and narratives to um, classical music, like the sheer variety of animation styles in this, but also the variety of, um, of music. You have Beethoven, you have Bach, you have Stravinsky. This movie is how I know Stravinsky. That whole sequence with the dinosaurs, I watched that obsessively as a child. I loved that so much. <laughs> So much it's so brutal and weird and awesome but like evolution it's like a like i don't even know how long it is it's like the whole rite of spring piece in um in fantasia anyway it's awesome and you also have incredibly silly things like the whole um dance of the hours with the with the ostriches ballerinas and the and the hippo ballerinas and the and the alligators incredibly cartoony deft funny animation and you have Night at Bull Mountain, which like, I feel like as a child, I did not really appreciate the Ave Maria that follows it. I was like, ah, oh, Chernabog went back to sleep and now these nuns are going to walk through the woods. I don't care anymore. But it's it's really beautiful and just so accomplished and such a wonderful expression of what can be done in, in the medium. And again, like in terms of the skills that they developed making this thing, right? to then that then went on to like influence all these other things in the Disney catalog, but also other things. Like I just read um, the lady from the black lagoon, which is a book about um, Millicent. Oh my gosh. I can't remember her last name. Uh, She was, she was a Millicent Patrick. She was a woman working in Hollywood who um, designed the creature from the black lagoon. And she worked on, she was a Disney animator for a time and she worked on Chernabog. That was one of the things that she did. Hmm. It's just sort of like a little locus for all this creative stuff that came out of after it. Fantasia. Cool. Fantasia. (laughs) Michael, where are you coming down on this? Now I know I flipped on Fantasia to move it forward last time, but I'm sticking with Tangled at this point. And I do love Fantasia, like I said about Chernobog before. And even thinking about when they did the sequel and they did Fantasia 2000, Rhapsody in Blue that they did there was just oh, fantastic for so me. Good. So good. But 
in this one, I got to go with Tangled. It's not just Mandy Moore. It's that Zachary Levi singing in there for you as well. I saw him on Broadway many years after this, but it was just like fantastic. I think that it is Tangled. Sorry. I'm with Kate on this one when I'm looking at these two and I'm, I argued very heavily for Tangled in round one, but if I'm looking at these two movies and I'm looking at Disney as a brand and as a kind of monolith, which one is the most important to Disney and to like the whole creative mythos of that organization? Fantasia is the one that does that. In my opinion, I think Tangled's great. Like seriously, it's, it's, it's one of my, uh, I was so pleased that it made as high a seat as it did. I'm so thrilled that it made it to round two in our thing. I think this is where it should bow out and it's not going to advance into round three. Let me put it that way. And I feel like Fant- Fantasia could have more of a claim up against Toy Story than I think Tangled would. They could opinion. go all the way. Oh, no. I don't think it's going all the way, boo. But I, I do think. <laughs> I just want to make I sure think- that you are aware that um, Rapunzel is the princess of Corona. <laughs> I am aware. Okay, I just because because if we're talking about like historical relevance, I think we gotta recognize that <laughs> the girl locked in the tower for a really long time is the Princess of Corona. She is our poster child. Okay, it is very of the moment, very of the moment. But I still put Fantasia over this one, so I'm sorry. I'm I'm Fantasia's going to advance, and you can knock it out next round. That's fine. But that we will. Wait, I thought we had. I thought we were split 2-2. Yeah. 2-2, but my vote counts twice when it's a tie. Unless someone wants to wants to change their vote. Kate, do you want to change your vote to Tangled? No. No, I thought that the higher <laughs> seat is the one that moves on, my friend. Oh, I never said that. Kate, I, I, are I you like familiar your... with That's Pascal how we moved stuff along the last round. <laughs> Wait, what, Amy? Pascal and Maximus. Can, can we talk about the animal pa- friends? Yeah, they're they're cute, but they're not, you know, the all that whole like sequence to the pastoral symphony where it's all like unicorns and shit. Like, sorry. <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna and, have my heart every day. <laughs> and that's where I'm coming down on this one. Tangled is cute and Fantasia is art. That's that's Fan- what I'm Fantasia is with. stupendous. It's stupendous. Brad Garrett with a hook yep. playing the piano. I mean it's amazing. There's Tons of great stuff. Bassoon solo. Bassoon solo. Sorcerer's Apprentice. And a mic drop. And you're going to have a hard time swaying Kate Raccoon on that one. She is a bassoonist. (laughs) (laughs) So I have always been under, I never said that the higher seed moves forward. I was under the impression that my vote counted twice if I needed it to. (laughs) (laughs) I am totally fine with those rules. Totally fine. I am not. (laughs) That's fine. Guess what? You can be mad about it. It's your show. You can be <laughs> mad about it all you want, um, but I'm making the call here. Fantasia is going to move forward. Woo-hoo! So next we have the Lion King versus Nightmare Before Christmas, and this is the first time we're discussing Lion King. Michael, go for it. I mean, okay. I, I, as much as I fought for Nightmare Before Christmas in the previous round, this time it is all about the Lion King. You know, this is a, there is more memorable moments that exist in The Lion King than there are in Nightmare Before Christmas. And granted, I can sing both soundtracks backwards and forwards in three different languages, but it it comes down to The Lion King, the retelling of Hamlet, you know, it's like, it, it is just, it is Shakespearean in its nature for us. Whereas Nightmare Before Christmas is fantastic, and I will love that movie until the day I die, but Lion King is... 
more classic into it. I saw Lion King on Broadway, and I also saw they did a full symphonic version with all the original cast of Nightmare Before Christmas a couple of years ago at the Barclays Center. And it was fantastic to see, but Lion King wings out here. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that. Kate, do you want to make an argument on why Nightmare Before Christmas should advance, or are you okay with Lion King? I'm okay with this. I, I guess like I did pick Nightmare Before Christmas, and I still stand by the artistry, but Lion King, hard, 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 hard yes. <laughs> I agree. Animals. So we're going to go, I, unless Amy has an objection, we're advancing Lion King. I didn't even think, I don't like Nightmare the first round, so. <laughs> yeah, I, have no I figured you were good. Uh, so next we have Frozen versus Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid entering the competition in a real way. I'll speak on behalf of Little Mermaid and then pass it over to Amy for Frozen. So Little Mermaid was the beginning of the Disney Renaissance. Um, it had had a couple rough years leading up to Mermaid. That was 89, 88, correct? 89, I think, yeah. 89. What about Oliver and Company? Where is that on the list? <laughs> uh, I think you answered your own question right there. But Little Mermaid really is why we have, I think, Disney as a cultural juggernaut as it is now without that new wave of huge hits in the late 80s early 90s I don't know where Disney would be as a company it was hemorrhaging money in the 80s and Little Mermaid hit and it hit big it is um, I mean we'll set aside the cultural and uh, corporate relevance of it in terms of a story it's great it is you have great side characters Um, Ariel is challenging in some roles as as uh, like from a modern perspective i'm sure there have been many senior theses written about ariel <laughs> and how she has zero agency in that movie but i like to look at the movie through the lens of ursula who i think is frankly the real hero of little mermaid it's a she tragedy. had a contract it is it's a strategy she had a contract it was legally binding and then some little rich girl decides that she doesn't like the terms and she gets her daddy to intervene I don't think so, ma'am. This is America. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I mean, I have to love a movie where the villain is inspired by drag icon Divine and nobody blinked an eye. Like a kid's yep. movie, right? Yep. That, that's incredible. So Little Mermaid, great songs, great movie. Can't say anything bad about it. Anybody else? Love it. Love it. Love it. I remember very clearly my when that movie came out, my dad's mother was a redhead and i i am at this point because i never go outside more of a brunette but (laughs) but but it was like a big deal like she's the first redheaded disney heroine (laughs) i love i love i love the little you felt seen kate you felt seen did feel seen amy do you want to argue for frozen or are you fine i i i do i do because i do love the little mermaid and um i mean i am sitting here in my uh, my Disney villains shirt, uh, well-behaved women seldom make history, mm-hmm. and Ursula is prominently featured on it. But with that said, $1.2 billion, we are talking a genre, like just a category of its own. Frozen doesn't even fit into the Disney princesses. Um, these two female lead characters, screenplay by a woman, directed by a woman... billion. Academy Awards, BAFTA, like, you name it, Frozen did it, and Olaf. (laughs) And Olaf. Like, the most lovable snowman on the planet. So, I don't know. Frozen has a... Mermaid has a lot going for it. Frozen has more. 
And I, I just think that the songs, the, the visual and the story over mermaid, even though I really like Sebastian, I really like flounder. Olaf wins. (laughs) Uh, I can't disagree with a thing that you said there, except for the part about frozen winning. Um, (laughs) Like everything about like you, you were spitting the truth. Um, All that stuff is true about frozen. But if I'm, again, I'm looking at this from a Disney catalog perspective. What do I feel between these two is the one that I think needs to advance? Here, let me give you one more, one more. Talking about the Disney catalog, Frozen then launched into Olaf's Frozen Adventure and Frozen 2, both of which very successful. I recently watched The Little Mermaid 2 at the bequest of my daughter. <laughs> Um, and that did nothing for the Disney catalog. But the, those directed the, like VHS sequels, <laughs> like it was a, like, different, time. It was a, it was a different, different time. You know <laughs> that if they did Little Mermaid two now, it would be right. We would have shirtless Eric. Ur- Ursula would be back from the dead. She would be fierce, honey. Um, like it would, it, it would be off the chain. So I hear everything you're saying about Frozen. I still think Little Mermaid gets the nod here. And when you go, let me put this way, you go to the Disney parks right now, how many Little Mermaid parts of it are there? There, It's everywhere. And that movie is like 30 years old. Whereas Frozen, yeah, it's there, but it's not nearly as prominent and is so of the moment. I think if we did this again in 20 years, people will be making the argument about Frozen that I'm making about Little Mermaid right now. And that's yes. fine. Yes. But in this moment in time, Frozen, like one of Elsa's crystals, I think Little Mermaid is the one that has to advance here. Are you sticking with a- with Frozen, Amy? I'm going to stick with Frozen. Uh, who, uh, Michael, what, what's your vote? Little Mermaid. And Kate, you're Little Mermaid? I am Little Mermaid. You've made a compelling case, Amy. You did. Um, but it is, it is, in some ways, it is like comparing an apple and an apple, right? Separated by yes. a, a generation of Disney. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, listen, yeah. Fro- Frozen is going to be, I think you're right. Frozen is going to be to this age of kids what Little Mermaid was to us. I, I get For it. For sure. All right. So Little Mermaid will advance. And next we have Aladdin versus Coco. Amy, why don't you speak? I mean, you've spoken very passionately about Coco before. Do you have anything else that you want to add? I just, I mean, I, I just think that in the world of parenting, Coco to me has a much bigger significance than Aladdin ever will. Aladdin is unbelievable, but Coco, I could watch again and again and again, and I take away something different from it every time, as do my kids. I am going to speak on behalf of Aladdin here, but here's the thing. I can't put up that much of a fight for this one. I'm not as passionate about Aladdin as I am about, say, Little Mermaid or Fantasia, because it's not this um, watershed moment for Disney the way that the other ones were. I think it's a really, really good movie. I think it's it's part of that kind of triple crown uh, of the, the 90s renaissance. But I think what you speak to is Coco having such a very real relevancy for parents, for children. It's starting conversations. I I, I can't argue against it does anybody else want to speak up for aladdin here because i would be willing to switch my vote to coco i yeah i'm i'm team coco <laughs> michael <laughs> yeah team i coco. think <laughs> i'm on team coco too because for me like coco is that i hate to call i hate to use this word for it but it's that woke moment for disney where they finally figured out how to cope like appropriately represent cult different cultures for us they did that in moana they do that in coco 
Aladdin just has so many like is a wonderful film, but it still has so many culturally wrong things with it. Yeah, yeah. So it sounds they had to re-record the ori- an original song when they released it later. Did they yep. really? They sure did. Oh yeah. Eric, do you remember? We totally sang it in chorus with the old lyrics. I remember that. I'm I'm totally spacing. They 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 make reference in the opening songs about bloodthirsty Arabs, oh, basically, no. and they had to change that. Oh my yep. gosh. That's amazing. Yep. Yeah, so it's not a good look. <laughs> we sang yeah, so that? they re-recorded part of it. Yes, <gasps> you did. I'm scandalized. <laughs> and I thought singing room only was bad. All right. Okay. That is the deep cut for for like four people I know. Um <laughs> Okay, next match, Incredibles versus Snow White. And I think we actually are all agreed on this one, too. Does anybody want to advance Incredibles over Snow White? No. No. Uh, That's an easy one. There you go, folks. Next, uh, another, uh, in fact, these may both be new. Beauty and the Beast versus Sleeping Beauty. Michael, talk to me about Beauty and the Beast. This is the key to me. I mean, I, I, I got to say, Sleeping Beauty is is wonderful. It is an amazing film It's at the time, but it does not hold up to Beauty and the Beast. And I think that for me, also part of it was that when you move Beauty and the Beast from Beauty and the Beast to the live action version of it, it still held up despite like the auto-tuned Emma Watson <laughs> within an inch of her life and everything like that. But it's still, I think the live action was great. I think that Beauty and the Beast just held up better over time for you. Sleeping Beauty is a classic fairy tale that remains classic. I don't know that it gets modernized very well. I mean, they've tried with Maleficent to a certain degree. Yeah, and exact again, it, it visually beautiful, but eh. Kate, speak on Sleeping Beauty for me. I'm cracking my knuckles. You can't hear it, but I'm cracking. <laughs> Kate's ready for a fight. I am. I am ready. Uh, Sleeping Beauty is the best Disney movie. Mm. And here is why. It is positioned precisely at a point where you can understand all of the Disney that came before in it and all of the Disney that came after in it. Um, It is an unbelievably ambitious, beautiful work of animation in terms of how they made those backgrounds and the scope and the scale of it. It has... It's the sort of inflection place between the kind of cookie cutter characters in, you know, aside from like the mice and stuff, but like Cinderella's kind of like, eh, she much of a personality? Not really. And Aurora has like just a little bit more of a personality. And I mean, the fairies, the fairies are the beginning of your, your true Disney. No. Well, what's the What's the timing? Gus Gus and, and Jack are probably the beginning of your true Disney like sidekicks. But yeah. Um, Flora Fauna and Meriwether are like goat. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Maleficent is goat. goat. She is the best Disney villain. Have you done your Disney villain podcast yet? Because she is she going is to best. win it. We have not she done it. She is going yet. to win it. <laughs> That'll be our next one. Okay. I'm on that. That'll panel. be a good one. So, and, you know, in terms of the artistry of the animation, the way that it, it uses um, Tchaikovsky. Sleeping Beauty, the ballet to tell this story, right? It has that art, but it also has these popular elements that are more fun and engaging and like all the silly part with them. And what's his face? I don't even remember his name. The prince, like he's cute and the bunnies hop away with his boots and it's so charming. It's Philip, right? Philip's the prince. It's yes. Philip. Yes, yes, it is Philip. It is just, oh, it is, it is an incredible movie in and of itself and a very special movie in the whole like scope of Disney in terms of where it hits 
in like of their of their catalog and i just don't like beauty and the beast that much i i don't like the story of beauty and the beast i don't like yellow (laughs) (laughs) i don't i think he's ugly when when he turns into a human i'm like that okay like i just i just don't like it so sleeping beauty (laughs) i'm just gonna jump in and just one thing that kate really said that resonated to me is that beauty and beast if you see where it's at it sees where what came before it and what came after it you can absolutely see that you can see how it beat inside out and how it lost to beauty and the beast um wait that wait do you mean in the bracket or do you mean i yeah, in the brackets. You oh, can okay. see what came before and before it came after it. It oh, loses oh. to inside out. Oh. Okay, bad joke. Fine, edit that out later. <laughs> it took me a minute. It took me a minute. Yeah. Um, Amy, I'm curious for your take on this one. Where do you where are you coming down? So this one is really, really hard for me because Sleeping Beauty is by far my favorite princess. That pink and blue scene of oh, the dress so is gorgeous. Perfection. Just flora, fauna, and merryweather. Everything about this Make as it a blue. princess movie is <laughs> my favorite. And Maleficent is is absolutely, absolutely the greatest. Um, and Disney, I think, says that themselves because if you watch the Descendants movies, which are <laughs> all the new uh. rage, um, Mal is Maleficent's daughter, and she is the leader of the pack. So they say it themselves, Maleficent above all others. But (laughs) Beauty and the Beast and Be Our Guest is a better scene than, than any scene in Sleeping Beauty. You could watch that over and over. You translate it to real people. It's still great. This was very, very hard for me. But in the end, I have to go with Beauty and the Beast even though I personally like Sleeping Beauty better in the world of Disney. I think Beauty and the Beast is more important. I- I'm going to go with Beauty and the Beast too, Kate. And I'm not even going to go for the <sighs> obvious reason, which we'll get to later. I- and you know me, so you know what the obvious reason is. Well, obviously, yes. We'll, we'll get to it <laughs> no. later. But um, I think that you guys make excellent points, which is these are both really objectively almost perfect films. They are so well-crafted. They achieve what they set out to do brilliantly. Like they do not have weaknesses to them. They're both visually beautiful. They're both whimsical. They're both exciting. um, They're memorable. But I think that Beauty and the Beast has higher highs. And uh, I don't feel like it has really any lows. I just think like once you factor in the music and admittedly, this is probably coming from a bias because that was my, I mean, it wasn't really my generation. I was a teenager when that came out, but like I resonate more with Beauty and the Beast and that a storytelling kind of type than I do with Sleeping Beauty, even though I have nothing but respect for Sleeping Beauty. I think it's incredible. And even when I remember watching it as a kid, thinking to myself like, wow, this is like, this artwork is amazing. But I think Beauty and the Beast ultimately has higher highs. That's that's why I'm sticking with it. So, Kate, you're sticking with with Sleeping Beauty. Oh, I, we're 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 ride or die. All right, Listen, I got and I. nothing but respect for you. The rest of you are keeping with Beauty and the Beast. Yes. Yes. All right. So our last Sweet Sixteen matchup, we have Toy Story three versus Wally. Michael, you want to speak on behalf of Toy Story three? <gasps> oh, this is the this is the ultimate film. In it, this is where the story ends in Toy Story, as far as I'm concerned. We don't talk about what comes after. (laughs) I mean, this is just like 
<laughs> we grew we all grew up with Andy and he grew up and what happens to his toys and the fact that they found you know new homes and being able to move on and a new story where these toys can provide a new sense of happiness to a new child and everything it is literally uh, wally is wonderful and i really do support the movie but when it comes down to the emotion factor i cry every time i see toy story 3 i feel moved when i see wally because of the allegory that it provides and it's and how you know prescient it is for today today's day and time but it is toy story 3 because it is such more of a tug at your heartstrings story that we all love than wally is so i'll, I'll speak on wally then um i agree with all of that i i as i said i cried like a baby at toy story 3 it was very moving for me i think wally will see your talking about going from child to adult and raise you you are an adult and you are a steward of this planet and i feel as though that lesson could not be more important right now and it is delivered in a way that i don't find to be pedantic i think anyone can watch that movie and be like oh right like we're completely fucking this up now are they doing anything to stop that no they're not cuz millions of people watch that movie and look around look around you mega but um it's i think it is such an important movie and it still has that emotional core to it like you know johnny five falling in love with a toaster oven from the future <laughs> that's beautiful um it is. <laughs> it is, right but johnny five is johnny alive five is alive you know the only thing would have made it better is an elda barge theme song but i think <laughs> that um wally takes this for me amy where are you weighing in here um toy story three all right. Oh, this is going to be interesting because I am all in for Wally. No, oh. no one is willing to change their their vote here. No, no, I'm Wally. No. So historically, my vote would count for <laughs> <or> two. <laughs> However, I also want to be fair, and I feel and Michael and I already lost one, so that's right. So. I am willing to let go of Wally here begrudgingly. I do think this is the wrong decision, but I'm going to make it happen out of, you know, I'm learning from Wally. I'm being a good steward for the future. So I'm giving you, wow. see, look at me, look at me. We can change. We can make change. Mag magnanimous. We can change. All right. So that is our Elite Eight, and we're going to go right into our top four rounds. Uh, we're starting off with Toy Story versus Fantasia, and I'm just going to take a quick poll right now. Kate, which one are you on? Fantasia. Amy, which one are you on? Toy Story. Michael, which one are you on? Fantasia. Really? Um, okay. So I would say, given that we have two Toy Stories in the Elite Eight, and I think Toy Story 3 is a better film than Toy Story 1, <gasps> I'm going to move Fantasia. Oh, my Thank dreams you. are coming true! <laughs> <laughs> I would also say, by the way, I don't believe that Fantasia made it anywhere near in, uh, this in any of our original brackets. I don't believe that it did. Maybe Kate's, but certainly not. No. It did in mine. Yeah. It did in mine. My, my, my final matchup was Fantasia and Sleeping Beauty, so... <laughs> uh, next round, Lion King versus Little Mermaid. Amy, where are you weighing in here? Mermaid. Really? Oh my gosh, this is fascinating. Okay, we're going to get to why in a second. Michael, where are you? Lion King. Kate, where are you? 
I'm in Lion King. I'm in Lion King too. Amy, talk to me about why you would do mermaid over Lion King here. So for all of the reasons that you spoke about earlier, Ursula, (laughs) I mean, first of all, I've wanted that dog my whole life. Um, (laughs) Oh, yeah. And the recent live action version that they did on ABC, I followed the live action dog on Instagram. That's how much I love him. <laughs> it's amazing. I have to be honest. And and I, I'm giving away my age here, but I am of the Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Lion King, Aladdin. That was my, my childhood. Lion King just doesn't reign as high for me. I mean, but I was a little girl and like I, I related to that those princess stories. So for me, if I had to get rid of Frozen, I'm going to stick with The Little Mermaid. And I respect, again, I respect it when when we have disagreements and you, you need to do you. Does anybody else want to speak for Lion King? Because I feel like I've been over explaining. Um, I, I'll talk about Lion King. I feel like, you know, you, you look at the three sort of like, you've got Little Mermaid. Oh, wow. That was really great. You know, um, and you've got uh, Beauty and the Beast. Oh, wow. Nominated for Best Picture. Disney is not effing around. And then you've got Aladdin and you're like, oh, I didn't even know. Like you could make such a funny performance based animated movie. Where are you going to go from that? And of course, those are the three um, uh, Howard Ashman, Alan Menken movies. Right. And it's like, well, oh, my God, like we don't have that songwriting duo anymore, um, tragically. So what is Disney going to do? You know, and they had just sort of rebuilt this sort of engine and then they come out with the lion king (laughs) and they're like nope they got it it's fine (laughs) like it's it's such a for me i was uh what was when did that movie came out 13 14 i think it was 94 93 94 i was 14 and um i just the music i just loved the music so much it was such a big part of just kind of like being culturally aware for a summer, I remember very, very much so. I now I'm talking myself out of it. Really? Wait, what is this? What is this up against? It's up against <laughs> Little Mermaid. <laughs> Ursula. You know what? I gotta give it to Little Mermaid. You're right. I, wow. I, I take back my whole argument. Whoa, that's wow. that dramatic. <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Uh, do you want to add anything there, Michael? Before I jump in? No, go ahead. Because I argued for Lion King last round, and I continue to stick behind the Lion King. Here's so it occurred to me while we've been doing this that when I said earlier, like, I feel like all of the post Beauty and the Beast 90s Disney's movies kind of are looked upon as though they they didn't quite live up. I didn't even think about Lion King there because to me, Lion King is timeless and it is epic and it is in its entirely own echelon. Um, I went into I saw Lion King in the movie theater with my family, one of the rare occurrences where my entire family went out to the movies like that never happened because we was poa. But um and I remember going into it being like, I don't really care about this movie, but whatever. You know, we're going to have – I'll get some candy. That's fat. And so I remember how blown away I was by the epicness of this movie. It just slapped you in the face right from the start. And I, it was a visual feast. Uh, we, we say that – I mean, all the Disney movies look great. But this one really did Not just – most of them. Right. There you go. It popped off of the screen to me in a way that um, I was not expecting. And I wasn't like, they were just animals. And yet I was completely invested in their, in their journeys. And the music, as you said, is incredible to me. A lot, little mermaid, hugely important. Lion King, like, 
just overshadows it. Lion King is in its own class, in my opinion. It's almost like you can look at those first three movies, which I feel like the lyrics and the sort of playfulness that Howard Ashman and Alan Menken had working together, that that sort of like smart, jokey, little shop of horrors playfulness, which is present in Little Mermaid, um, Beauty and the Beast, and... Um, Aladdin isn't necessarily it is not present in the songwriting in the Lion King. No, it's a different mode, you know, Um, and I but you can kind of see like the juggernautness of corporate Disney taking hold with the Lion King. That's fair. (laughs) They're like, right. Like, that's kind of like a reflection point for that. That's fair. I'm going to go with the Little Mermaid. That's where I'm going to go. Okay, I feel comfortable with that. Michael, are you sticking with Lion King? I'm sticking with Lion King. And Amy, you're sticking with the Little Mermaid. I I am. I'm going to make a controversial decision, and I'm going to switch my vote to Little Mermaid. (gasps) Oh, my God. This is like, there's just like too much drama. I can't handle it. My heart. (laughs) Well, thanks for that, because now it makes my, it it makes the next round so much easier for me. (laughs) There you go. There you go. All right. We have Coco versus Snow White. I'm going to guess that Amy's on Team Coco. Yes. Kate? I'm on, I'm on Team Snow White. Michael? Team Coco. I am on Team Snow White. Oh, my God. Ah! But I'll say this. I feel as though I've pushed Snow White to this point because I feel that it is deserving of a spot. It it is a legend. It is iconic. Between the two of them, which one is the better film? Coco. Um, So I'm not going to be mad if Coco advances. But I think if I'm looking at a final four of all Disney films, would I put Coco there over... Snow White, not really. I also think Coco is suffering from recency bias. And like Snow White has the least possible recency bias of <laughs> possibly ever any movie ever anything, made. Yes. Um, anything, anything. So I-, I will hear arguments as to why Coco is objectively better than Snow White. Are you aiming that at anybody in particular? <laughs> I- I'm I'm open because at this point, like my my vote is open for grabs. I feel as though I I have pushed Snow White to the final four. I'm pleased or, or the final eight. Excuse me. I will not be upset if it goes out now, but I also like I think in terms of the Disney pantheon. Again, twenty years from now, are we going to look back on this and think Coco better than Snow White? I don't know. I think that there are themes that you get out of Coco that are more enduring than you get out of Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, you know, uh, for it in terms of just not only, you know, the importance of family, the importance of respecting your thing, the following your own path that you, you need to do. And, you know, I, I, I just feel like the story. Yes. And I am the Snow White is a, is a part of the Pantheon and we don't have anything else. If we, I mean, Without Snow White, we don't get anything else. But I just feel like Coco for me is, I don't have a problem putting it in the final four. Okay. At all. In terms of timeless themes for Snow White, I would give you Stranger Danger and also (laughs) white ladies who are getting old and trying to take down beautiful younger women. I know that it was your theme for what comes from all of the Real Housewives series for you. Yeah, the theme of my life. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Look around you. Um, <laughs> you should always shack up with like seven kind strangers who just don't care if you clean their house for them. Yeah. You know what? Put put Coco in the final four. 
<laughs> um, okay, so I we now have three for Coco. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. yes okay. That's what you're yes, hearing. three for Coco. All right. Good job. All right. And finally, we have Beauty and the Beast versus Toy Story 3. Um, I- I'm Beauty and the Beast all the way. Michael, I know you're Beauty and the Beast all the way. I'm I'm a Beauty and the Beast all the way. Yep. Uh, you know, given... Uh, I'm going to go Toy Story 3. And Amy, you're Toy Story 3, I'm assuming. No, I'm... I'm- I think I'm going to go Beauty and the Beast. All right. Yes. So, Kate, do you want do you want to have? Uh, I'll give you your moment. Tell, uh, try to sway us. Um. Again, it just kind of comes down to that. Like, I don't dislike Beauty and the Beast, but I just never. It just never felt like. Like it spoke to me. <laughs> Maybe I don't like like French culture. I don't know. <laughs> like, I just never. I, I like just like cheese and bread. Come on. I mean, I do like cheese and bread. Um, and and I, I think what it does sort of come down to is is the – I just have kind of a native dislike of the Beauty and the Beast story, period. That, like, I just don't like it. Like, it just is weird to me um, that she falls in love with this person who has captured her. Uh, and and that's just, like, you know, I'm, I'm much more – I'm much happier to, like, sit with my toy friends and accept the the, the reality of death in a <laughs> – in a, in a furnace. <laughs> that just feels, I get behind that a little better. <laughs> that's that's your happy place. That is my happy place, yeah. Is anybody willing to change their vote to Toy Story 3? I, I'm personally reserving my Beauty and the Beast defense for final two round, but. Oh, okay. So so here's my thing. I just want to, because Kate, maybe I can bring you over. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> my, my actual original bracket of my, was down to Toy Story 3 one and beauty and the beast and i argued with myself for a day over these two films because <laughs> i do have the same exact issues of her falling in love with her captor and especially if he's the man that abused her father like there there's like a lot of issues with the story yeah but if you look at it as a film and you look at it as for what and jerry orbach and angela lansbury and this, I mean, for somebody who really likes, I know that you like the, the animals, but um, <laughs> for inanimate objects coming to life, we entered a whole new realm uh, <laughs> in Beauty and the Beast. So, so for those reasons, I'm comfortable giving up my toy friends for uh, th- this weird Beauty and the Beast relationship. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, Kate, are you staying steadfast on, on, on uh, Toy Story 3? Uh, I am. I am. I mean, I recognize that it is a great achievement and a great moment in Disney, but it just was never it was never one of my favorites. It's fascinating to me that the bookish girl who is so smart and maybe you could accuse her of being a coastal elitist who looks down on the peasants in her village. But it's weird to me that that does not speak to you. Like, you know what? You know, you know why that doesn't speak to me? Because I don't ever believe that Belle is really bookish. Really? She, it's like an affectation. The way it is presented in the movie, it feels like an affectation to me. She doesn't write. She just gets excited that she sees the library. She doesn't talk to the Beast about what she's reading. She does like, maybe that's it. Maybe you cracked it, Eric. <laughs> it's like nerds in the Big Bang Theory, where it's like, those aren't actual geeks. Those, those aren't are, actual geeks. That's those are TV a geeks. caricature yeah. of a geek. Yeah, I, I get yeah. that. All right. So that said, 
Sorry, Kate. We have no, okay. a fine. final four. I respect your choice. <laughs> where, like, honestly, neither two of the people on the left hand I ever saw coming. We have Fantasia versus yeah. Little Mermaid and Coco versus Beauty and the Beast. So, first of all, Fantasia versus Little Mermaid. I'm throwing it out there. I think this is a pretty easy pick for me. I, I'm going with the Little Mermaid. I think Fantasia has had a great run. But if we're talking <laughs> I'm Fantasia about Fantasia to the end of the line, motherfuckers. God love you. <laughs> <laughs> we're fighting words. Uh, a- Amy, Fantasia versus Little Mermaid. I'm going to go Little Mermaid. Fantasia has no place in my heart. I'm sorry, Kate. <laughs> Michael. Fantasia. Really? I told you you guys made this easy for me in the la- by moving Little Mermaid over Lion King along. Wow. So I, I, am, I am team Fantasia here. Um, I'm going to be the one to destroy everyone's lives. Um, because we're not done yet. (laughs) We're not, which means I can destroy your life several times. But, um, here's my thing. Fantasia, as I said, it's a work of art, right? This is, this is actual genius at play. It's amazing. But in terms of what's a better movie, I easily give that to Little Mermaid. Fantasia, Fantasia is an experience but it's not a movie the same way. And this is, uh, I I give it to Little Mermaid without even a second thought. Fantasia's had a good run. Final Four is a great place for that film to end up. But Final Two, I don't see it for me, boo. Like, I, I, Fantasia and the Final Two. <laughs> Greatest Disney achievement after Sleeping Beauty. That's just what I believe. And that's good. I, I want you to continue to, to hold to that. And I don't agree, disagree from an artistic perspective. It is an incredible achievement. But is it a better movie? I don't think is so. Is it a better Disney movie? That actually is. Because it isn't. It is a Disney movie. It but is. a Disney movie is a different is a horse of a different. Yes. I'm still I'm still I'm going to ride or die for Fantasia. Thank you, Michael. But- Michael. I'm I'm. I'm still Fantasia that you can't change my mind on this one over Little Mermaid because we are talking like this is the core classic what's left in. I mean, this is core classic Disney that's left in here for us in the final four for us. So Fantasia gets my vote. I would argue to you that if you're talking to today's children and you say, look at these four movies and which one is classic Disney, they don't even know what Fantasia is. And they would. I know. I know I'm old. I'm okay with that. I can vouch for that. They don't, they have no idea. Yeah. And this is like another plea for everyone under 30. If you haven't watched Fantasia, make sure that you take advantage of Disney Plus and go and watch that and Fantasia 2000. They're both very cool films. But um, I'm I'm pushing Little Mermaid through. Number one, if you want to go by the, the seeds, it's a higher seed. Number two, I get two votes. So on um, <laughs> both, and both, uh, both rules, it passes. It passes. Yeah, I know. It works to his exa- advantage in both cases. I get that. It does. The last battle we have before the final two is Coco versus Beauty and the Beast. I'm going to guess that Amy is still Team Coco here. I'm not. You're Beauty and the Beast. I'm going to go Beauty and the Beast. All right. Because I'm going to look back at this and say, again, what's going to have the longevity? And I'm not completely convinced yet that Coco will. Um, I love it now. And I, I really think it belongs here, but I tend to agree that maybe it doesn't belong in the final two. Kate, where are you coming down? I'm on Team Coco. Okay. Uh, Michael, I'm pretty sure you're Beauty and the Beast because... 
I am team. I am team Beauty and the Beast. I just made some gray stuff the other night for dinner for for my roommate. And <laughs> it's I. delicious. Um, Ask the dishes. So I- I'm also Team Beauty and the Beast. Kate, I feel terrible because I've destroyed both of your final two here. And, no, it's okay. It's okay. I feel like I've gotten ample opportunity to express myself, which is all any of us could ever hope for at the end of the day. <laughs> I feel like that is basically the point of some Disney movie that I can't think of right now. <laughs> Robin Hood? Uh, Mulan. Sure. Why not? Ow. Um, oh, ouch. <laughs> Uh, so our final two, let's take a moment, The Little Mermaid versus Beauty and the Beast, which is looking back on it, if you look at kind of who's making up this group of, of judges, yes. unsurprising, <laughs> right, that it would come down to this. But that said, the obvious answer is not necessarily the wrong answer. And um, if if we had people who were children in the 60s on this, I think maybe would have skewed at least slightly lower on one of the ranges. And if we had Amy's kids uh, part of this, probably would have had some Pixar ones in there. But we don't. We have 90s. And I'm into it. So I'm going to take votes. Little Mermaid versus Beauty and the Beast. Kate Rakulia. Little Mermaid. All right. Amy. Beauty and the Beast. Michael. Beauty and the Beast. And I'm coming out for Beauty and the Beast, and I can finally get into my spiel as to why. So... um, (laughs) This was my my number one pick, and I think uh, it was the first to receive a Best Picture Oscar nomination, correct? Yes. 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 Um, Which, I remember at the time, caused a lot of scandal because people were like, this is ridiculous. It's a kid's movie. What is it doing up here? But if you look at the movies from that time, it was a huge leap up from animation from Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid looks good, don't get me wrong, but Beauty and the Beast looks great. And I don't think we'll ever, I think you mentioned earlier, Amy, like Be Our Guest is like a kicker, right? Like there's, you're not going to hit any other song in the Disney pantheon, I think, that goes as high as that song does in terms of energy level. But every song in Beauty and the Beast is great. Belle is great. The actual theme song is amazing, whether it's the Angela Lansbury or the Celine Dion one. It's got, it starts to bring in computer animated graphics, which I don't think were in previous I don't think they were in. No, this is the first one where you really get that with that ballroom, ballroom scene. scene. Um, I think the casting is wonderful in it, but also no one's discussed Gaston. And this is a very personal Thank thing. You. I'm obsessed with Gaston, as Kate can tell you. Um, like Gaston is one of the like five pillars of things that made me hugely gay. Um, but he is, your opinion of him, a genuinely threatening villain like he's guess, terrible he's mm-hmm. terrible he's both like physically threatening like there's real danger involved with him but he's also such a horrible human being and i feel like that's a great lesson to teach kids right and i'm trying to think like historically had they had any male villains that were adored by the community writ large but yet the viewer knows, oh, he's a bad guy. And I felt like that was actually a really great lesson to to teach kids. To me, Beauty and the Beast is 90s Disney Renaissance firing on all cylinders, absolutely flawless. There is nothing wrong with this movie except for the flaws that Kate has pointed out with the source material, which is, oh, good. Here we have someone who is, what's it called, Stockholm Syndrome, when you fall mm-hmm. in love with your captor. Yes. Yep. 
the actual guy who she falls in love with is really kind of a bore. Um, so you've got some issues with the source material, but as a movie, I, I think it kills it, man. I feel real good about this being the final two on my pick for the number one movie. I will hear I arguments. I don't, I don't hate it. And you're not wrong about the, like the way that the movie mitigates that sort of like, cause in the traditional story, like he is the beast is the antagonist and this story it's Gaston that is really the antagonist. Right. Like, and so even though the beast is sort of like, he's nice, but whatever, like the real danger, the real threat to everything is this beautiful man who is cruel mm-hmm. and violent and possessive and, that you're right i don't i don't hate this this is a good number one pick (laughs) so do we have okay are you going to stick with your little mermaid choice you know i am just because she's that's fine that's fine i appreciate you sticking to your guns but everybody else we're in agreement it's beauty and the beast beauty and the beast is our winner here amy absolutely a hundred percent well there you have it folks do you agree with our pick for best disney animated feature do you think we've been cursed by some poor gypsy beggar woman and lost our minds? Head to thegreatpopculturedebate.com and tell us what you think, plus make suggestions for other topics for us to cover. I want to thank my panel. I want to thank you for listening. I'm Eric Resniak, and a guest on, if you're listening, call me. I'll let you stick it wherever you want. You can use <laughs> antlers in all of our decorating. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and I hope you have a great <laughs> night. Bye. Thanks, Eric. Thank you. Bye. <laughs>